your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Finally, move along to the third one. Oh sure. yeah, yeah. So the third one, the uh, the one in the book is uh, its own special. So I guess we'll have to discuss that another time. It's Babes and yeah. Bullets, which is um, it's basically like a kind of um, a noir, like um, you know, like um, a, a multi Falcon type story. Yeah, because yes. like, because literally the uh, the name for the Garfield character is Sam Spade, as in like spaying oh, your cat. That's right, and um, it's it's basically uh, I mean in the book, um, you know I didn't read this when I first got it because I was like this looks too serious, I, I don't like it. But you know later on it's it's a good detective story actually. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's not a parody. No, it's a straight detective story. Yeah, yeah. the characters just happen to be cats. Yeah, and it's the illustrations because it does have kind of like a black and white pencil illustrations of of realistic cat people. It looks like um, you know, it's a sort of thing that like uh, if you would get on a clip art disc of furry art back in the nineties, you know, <laughs> right? Put some dream catchers in there, but it's it's you know, it's it looks it's very serious looking art. So you know, what did it mind? What is that? That um, that it's like that comic, that web comic now that's like about the Revolutionary War, but all the characters are extremely photo cats. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna bring up uh, lackadaisy cats, like about the bootlegger cats in the Roaring Twenties, which um, is definitely definitely more stylized, more cartoony, but just also I mean, kind of yeah. pretty at times. I mean, that's a good comic, but like it is yeah. the style is very very um, you know it may, makes sense for it. It's you know kind of cartoonish, but no, there was a comic I've I've seen, and I remember because I met this girl at like a con at one point. She's stapling, and she literally does. Like, I mean, maybe the comic is good. I haven't actually read it, but it's Revolutionary War with cats, and they literally, I'm cat people, except they literally are just like realistically drawn cats walking on their hind legs with the weird, even having the weird bowed, you know, uh, haunches that you would have if you were just a cat that was now walking around <laughs> on their hind legs with no evolutionary adaptation to do that. Um, <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Let's, that's that's always like my idea for what if you did furries, but the instead of their heads being human scaled, it was just a cat with a human with a cat sized cat head on top. <laughs> Speaking of ancient Egypt, <laughs> I was making me think of like you remember when Pinky the Brain when the the mouth brain mouse yeah. and there's a human suit and there's a little tiny mouse yes. head. <laughs> or, or that, or that one, like, or that one uh, Ren and Stimpy episode where it's like they're on the hostile planet that has like illusions and stuff, and you get like this, like super foxy woman's body with like a real photorealistic chihuahua yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so like the third segment in the, uh, yeah, the third segment in the cartoon is actually from the sixth segment in the book. That's what, what is it? What is it? It's the garden now, right? It's a garden. Mm -hmm. uh, Ethan, are you there? Mm -hmm. Ethan, hello? Is he still there? Do we lose him again? I think we might have lost him again. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> should... Okay, can you hear me? Oh, there oh, you are. Hey! Yeah. Hey! hey. hey. Did, we lose, did we talk about anything before we lost him? <laughs> Uh, no, no. I just I was gone for just a couple of seconds. Oh, okay, good. So we're we're saying that now it's time for the garden. The garden is happening. Now, the garden is a thing. The now. Garden is the garden is absolutely my favorite, and my, not everyone would agree with me. Well, but the sorry, garden. Let's hear. Let's hear why. Well, for one thing, the garden was created by Dave Kuhn, 
who is one of the brains behind the book that you and I looked at, Garfield A to Z Zoo. Oh, okay. That is a good book. Now, the, the art style in the book is absolutely beautiful. It feels like, I don't know, did either of you... I grew up with this book kicking around my house. It's a very, it's very, it was a bestseller called the the Beatles Illustrated Lyrics. Are you familiar with that or the artist? Uh, Let's see. Let me look up the artist because you would probably recognize the art of the guy who was behind it. Uh, I honestly, I. Uh, Alan Aldridge. Do you know the the art of Alan Aldridge? Because that's not, what this looks like. I'm not familiar, actually. Yeah, go, me either. Have a look. Have a look at uh, Alan. Alan. Let's see. Oh, here we go. A very uh, yellow submarine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you see it immediately as soon as you. I'll just uh, post it in our chat room here. And... All right, let me let me take a look at this. Let me get let me get to the bottom of this. Okay, let's see. Now, does this look familiar to you or what? Now, actually, this is a little. A lo- actually, this is a lot wilder than the. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen this. This looks. From, I've I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I see what you're talking about. But yeah, I uh, I. Sadly, I don't think I ever got Garfield A to Zoo, uh, A to Z, a to Z Zoo. Zoo. Yeah, but uh, that was a small paperback book that they had uh, on sale. It's part of like the Garfield in Space, Garfield the Pirate, that kind of thing. But I did see. But, but I was like, I think I was vaguely familiar, having seen like, like I never got to see the full thing, but like the big fat hairy dreams Garfield calendar that, <laughs> that Dave couldn't also. Uh, it's like like. The, Main illustration. Let me uh, let me put a picture of it up on in the chat. But uh, it's basically like Garfield dreaming on a pillow and all these weird sort of like fantastical creatures are just sort of like hovering oh, in the yeah, background. Oh yeah, yeah, that's I see it. That is definitely the kind of thing that we were looking at here. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. I'm also getting pictures of people who are big, fat, and hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're called Garfields. <laughs> hey, oh, I mean, I'm big, fat, and hairy. <laughs> Same in the uh, in the uh, in the Garfield enthusiast community, those are what we call Garfields. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if you're a twink, you're an Odie. <laughs> you know, let's 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 push that, let's make it happen. That's... <laughs> You tell everyone like, okay, we're not bears anymore. You guys are all, you're all, uh, you're all Garfields. <laughs> we're gonna make this happen. We're gonna make it a thing. Odie seeks Lyman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, the, the villains. Um, it's like the you garden. said, it's not a parody. It is an actual detective story, oh, yeah. and it is oh, a yeah. better detective story than almost any other um, detective story aimed at kids that I've ever read. Because there's actual like multiple suspects in it, and um, de- like investigative work done by the detective. Yeah. It's not an Encyclopedia Brown story. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. even though it's a like even though it's a straight detective story, it's also written in a very witty tongue and cheek style so that there's still jokes in it to keep the kids interested. Like Yeah. Like yep. it is very- I, And the fact is the special Babes and Bullets, we can pre- we can pretty much cover it right here because it's exactly they it's almost it's almost identical to the text of the story with one change, which is that the murder victim was originally a priest. And in the animated version, he's a professor. Right. Like an Eastern Orthodox priest. Yes. Oh, wait a second. They can get married. Wait a second. He's an Eastern Orthodox priest in the, um, in the, in the the book. Yeah. I think he's actually still a priest in the special. But no, they said he was a history professor. I watched it. But they call him father O'Malley. 
in Father O'Malley is uh, or something. Don't somebody else? Really? Oh, I've, I've... yeah. They they make it. They actually no. Father Otati. No, they. He's not. He's definitely a professor in the uh, animated version. I just watched it last night thinking you were going to be doing it. Oh, tonight, wow. So. You know what? That's funny. I mean, I haven't watched it in like a while, but all these years I thought that he actually was like a, like it was a Catholic university. So he was like a priest, but also a professor. <laughs> well, I, there is a professor. Well, I mean, they find the suspect in the chapel. Is that true? I connection? remember that. Yes. That must be why I was thinking that, but I didn't, I assumed uh, I thought in the book that it was an actual Catholic priest, but he's an Eastern Orthodox priest in the book. Yep. Yeah. They. Let's see. Let's see. Reading directly from the story, we have. Oh, well, he kind of had to be since, like, he was married. Yes. Oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. Are we talking about the the murderer or the victim? The victim. Okay. The victim was also a priest. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that they were both priests in the um, in the book. Okay. Wow, this is blowing my mind. All these years, <laughs> I have had an inaccurate uh, recollection of this. Um, there is another change in the Garf in the special, though, the Bay's Bullet special, because oh yes. Um, well, well, sh do you want to say it? No, go ahead. I was going to say that. Um, as you see from the illustrations in the book, they're all anthropomorphic cats done very realistically. But in the special, it's more regular Garfield style, but everyone is human except for Garfield. Except for Garfield. Just normal Garfield just wearing a trench coat. Yeah. Like, and Odie, who appears in, briefly as a janitor. Yeah, Odie takes the part, the place of the uh, cleaning cleaning guy, yeah. which gives him nothing to do, apart from walk in with his little... Yeah, I guess like they were like, well, he's a non-speaking character. We, do we have any non-speaking roles in this? Um, all, yeah, I, I, I remember that the, that's the, the special also ends with Garfield making out with a human woman and presumably consummating their relationship. Yeah, they're yeah, they make they make it very clear in the book. Oh. <laughs> and and uh, so, I, I, mm -hmm. oh, I was just gonna say, like, probably my favorite joke, like one of my favorite jokes, is like when the when the dame that was trouble from the moment she stepped in the office or whatever uh, comes in, she's like, just goes like, "Are you Spade?" And and Garfield just turns to the camera like, "I never know how to answer that." No. <laughs> Oh shit! I just got the joke. Yeah, and I all these years I thought the joke was like, oh, of course he knows how to answer it. It's obvious, but I just realized, I just realized what that meant. There's a double meaning. Oh yes, we should add that the special has more dick jokes than all other Garfield productions combined, and that that is a high bar. <laughs> I feel kind of, I feel a little at a loss because I haven't actually watched the special in full yet because I thought it was going to be. A different episode. Oh, okay. Well, we can. Well, we can uh, kind of. I I do have one along. thing I want to say about the the in the book though. Um, babes and the babes and bullets story. It's written by Ron Tuthill, who uh, this is his sole contribution to the um, uh, to the uh, gar to this book. Most of the others were written by you know uh, Jim Davis. Um, and I'm really curious. I tried to look him up, and I was like, if this guy is actually has like any other detective work that he's done, because he clearly understands the genre so well. But yeah. um, uh, Google has not helped me out. Unless, oh, wait a second, wait a second. Never mind. I'm I'm a dumbass. I a, it does help me out. He has written this and nothing else ever. Wow. Oh. He had one detective story in him. Good. For and he got out. It's kind of good for him. Yeah. Like kind of like the guy who uh, the guy who directed uh, Carnival of Souls. Like he spent most yeah. of his time making industrial shorts, and then he made one really good creepy movie, and then that was it. Sometimes you know you got one. You just got you got you just got one story to tell, but yeah. damn, you're gonna tell it well, you know. Yeah, just like Walter Murch. Or it's kind of like, you know, at the very least, you know, it's better than having one story that you can tell and then repeatedly retelling it and retelling it and retelling it like George Lucas. <laughs> I was going to say Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, truth, truth. Um, 
but anyway, is there anything else that we should say about the uh, the Babes and Bullets from the um, uh, uh, from from the book? Uh, there's drinking in it. Oh, that's right. There is. This is an adult story. Yeah, it has coffee and whiskey and no lasagna, which makes it really weird when they, you know, translate it word for word into animation. And Garfield is just, you know, so out. You know, he's clearly not playing himself for once. Yeah. So yeah. I think um, I feel almost like maybe they were like, look, this is a prose story. It's going to have some serious looking pictures in it. Children are just going to skip this one. They're not going to actually read it. So we can just uh, do whatever. Since that's. that's- Oh, I reacted to it. You know? Same here. That's how I reacted. Same. Yep. yep. Which is interesting because then there's something in there for, you know, the, the, the moms and dads. But um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it's kind of a weird anomaly in Garfield. It is just so it's it's just serious. But like it's and it, I don't know. I, I, I it's it's just weird. Um, but uh, um it is. I will say this in the uh, its placement in the book, it does kind of bolster the general chronology because I feel like that this is you know stories in the book take place from you know the earliest historically to the because you know the first one is Cave Cat, last one is Space Cat, and then you have like okay Vikings comes after cave stuff, 1940s uh, detective stuff comes after Vikings, then you get a bunch of vaguely like just the modern day stories and then well, you get vaguely present day. Yeah. Well, so like that feels right. As opposed to in the animated special where the third segment after cave, cave stuff and Egypt stuff, you get the garden, which is, um, wait, no. Yes. That's right. Right. Yes. Yeah. It was the garden, the garden, which feels we went like on to the should... garden a few minutes ago and then we went right back to cave. Back to uh, Babes and Bulls, but that's okay. I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm, I'm totally forgetting what I'm saying. Um, but you said you you were a big fan of the Garden, and that was your favorite. Yeah, story. I'm a big fan of the Garden. I'm a big fan of the art style in it. I'm a big fan of, and I'm a big fan of what's, you know, what's going on in it, which is, it's a reversal of one of the most famous stories in all of literature and even storytelling, mm-hmm. and that it's about. Garfield, who was here only referred to as the Orange Kitten, and a little girl named Chloe who lived in this garden that was left behind to by a beloved uncle who joined the circus. And they were told, and there are all kinds of incredible wonders. It's like being in the other mother's house. But uh, they were told, no matter what you do, don't open the crystal box on the checkered toadstool. And you know how kids are. Oh, they decided not to open it, and they lived there forever. I I think I know the story you're talking about. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Oh my god! You just blew my mind, <laughs> Ethan. Travis, you didn't realize it's the the it's the fucking Garden of Eden, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, I just people are always talking. Like, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. People are always talking about how, like, when you're talking to, like, kind of, like, smug nerds, smug atheist, new atheist nerds, and they always do that thing, like, ah, you know, the Bible actually has two origin stories in it. Fuck that! Garville's Nine Lives has two origin stories. There's the biblical <laughs> origin, and you get the evolution, like, science cave cat story. Yeah. <laughs> Except that you, you, you saw the special, you read the story... This is not an origin story because nothing gets originated. Oh. It's an alternate universe where Eden never falls. Oh my god. Whoa. Whoa. And, and like and it's and they even say like the uncle like the kind uncle even after he leaves for the circus like they say his warm presence is like is like stays above and over the garden like an like an apparition. like a laughing apparition yes and, and his lo- name is Uncle Todd T O D Todd oh oh wow wow <laughs> and there's a scene and the first thing we see of Uncle Todd is him dancing and seeming to create random things from his hands and he and the son have the exact same expression. 
and once he leaves, there's a like the 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 apparition that hangs over them is a hot air balloon with his face and some like like what well, some of those like uh what like those stretch out hand toys that they used to have uh like hand. I think it's like an accordion, but oh, accordion. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> oh, did you think it was a figure trap? <laughs> no, 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 no. I I was like, you know those Why things. Off? You know those things. Let's. Like like the extendo arm. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like the it's like you know the cartoon arms that come out in a cartoon factory to uh, put on a baby's diaper or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, accordion makes more sense because he was playing an accordion. So yeah, okay. But yeah, it's the story of the Garden of Eden or the story of Pandora's box, more literally, since you have a box. But. Right. It's and it's drawn to this beautiful, you know, more than painterly airbrush? I'm not sure. It, it airbrush does look very right. Yeah, it does look like something should be on the side of a van. Yes. It's really it's really gorgeous and there's just so many different things to look at on every page. But I feel like the special kind of didn't do it justice. Mm. I feel like this would have been great. This would have been really great if it were in claymation mm. or if it were an early 80s CGI. Mm. But that would have, you know, skyrocketed the budget on this one. Right. So. I, I do think that it's it's still very charming, still very pretty. And like, but I do get what you mean, because like, you know, like it would have it would have put them way over budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, after, you know, oh, sorry. It's it's hard to replicate this kind of something so unique in animation. And even though Dave Kuhn himself did work on the special, he he actually drew the backgrounds for that scene. Yeah, but uh, but still, you can only go so far with uh, cell animation. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like that one should have had more budget. You know, they could have, especially with all the cuts that they made and how some of them are super short. Yeah. Um, man, uh, you know, I, I, ne I never particularly cared for that, the, the, the garden, but um, ha learning this new information does make me appreciate it more, the idea that it's, that it's an AU and everything. Because yeah. my complaint yeah. about it was that it felt like a lot of these things, that, like, like the Vikings, that it was an introduction to something that just never happens. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, we're just we, we you've world built and now we're just gonna end without any actual like stakes or plot or anything happening. Uh, but if when thinking about it more like like as a retelling of that story, it makes it a lot more interesting actually. So I, I'm I though it makes you want uh, though I, I would wonder if it was actually intended uh, to be that <laughs> as deep as I'm finding it right now. But <laughs> um well, um, you did have a snack before we started. Oh, so. that's so that that is that. There is that. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a, making me. Um, uh, yes. Anyway, go on. Um, we we're speaking of belief. I think the. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. I, I think the only. Uh, oh, uh, I was just gonna say. Uh, I think the only like the only other super noteworthy thing about the segment is that. Uh, the voice actress for the narrator and Chloe, the little girl, is Desiree Goyette, the original voice of Nermal, the world's cutest kitten. Which is pretty appropriate, yeah. <laughs> oh, that does make sense. It's, she's And she's also a regular on these specials as a uh, as a singer. She and Lou Rowles do most of the uh, voices. Yes, Lou Rowles. Do the, most of the singing voices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I just want to share something just kind of funny about Lou Rawls, like uh, apparently, well, no, no, not apparently. I know I've seen it. Uh, like he, he was on Baywatch and Baywatch Nights back in the '90s, <laughs> and at one point, like he, he had this greeting for uh, Gregory Barnett, the main black character in uh, in uh, Baywatch for the first few seasons. Like when he his character meets up with Greg Barnett's character, he's like, hey, what in the ham sandwich is going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's like such a... What in the ham sandwich? What in the ham <laughs> sandwich is going on? <laughs> like, that's such a charming way of greeting someone. 
I don't think I'll greet people that way at work, but I will keep that in my, keep that one in my back pocket. <laughs> uh, I, I, I might try it. I might try it out. What in the ham sandwich is going on, kids? Welcome to Chico. <laughs> <laughs> Home of the fighting AC unit. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't greet your rabbi like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Now there are two there are two more before we get to there are two more from the book before we get to the next one that's actually included in the special. Yes. Now one of them is this really weird one called the Exterminators, where you have mm-hmm. three Garfields. So Actually, it's not his 14 lives. It's his 16 lives. Is Garfield? Oh, is he? He's living as three different stooges simultaneously? Yeah, he's living as three cats that are all. They, they look really weird, and one of them keeps going, Nga! 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 Is that like a three oh, stooges oh, no. thing? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I think what he's doing, he's going like, nah, 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 like curly. Like. Oh, he's making a Jabberjaw impression. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I never understood this as a kid, and it turns out to be a reference to this really obscure NES game called The Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Jim Davis was a big fan of really crappy NES games. <laughs> Although, Is that the one where they game... the orphanage? Yeah, don't worry, lady. We'll get the dough. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I remember but it, that one. But it does. It did have a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, little uh, bit where, like, the game does where it's like Ghostbusters two. Hey, Mo, what game is this? I'll tell you, we're in the wrong that game. That was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I uh, uh, you know, I, they they made it because they were like, you know, come on, kids love the Stooges. This is going to be a huge hit. I, I will tell you, multiple times when I was in like fifth, sixth grade, we went on, we went on those long bus uh, trips, those uh, field trips to like Yosemite or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was, the teacher who was running them, he always brought his Three Stooges videos and was always horribly disappointed that we didn't want to watch them. <laughs> Why would any kid want to watch the Three Stooges? The Three Stooges were funny. <laughs> They're timeless. They're painfully dated. I'm a child. I would not want to watch one stooge, let alone three. That is too many stooges. Please eliminate two. I mean, look, okay, I would understand this kind of umbrage if if you were talking about Joe Besser or Curly Joe Dorita, but... Oh, but he's the good one! You crazy! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, to be fair, I actually have some affection for Curly Joe Dorito, but I... I I'm but, sorry, like, who's Curly Joe Dorito? Cur- Curly <laughs> Joe... Okay, so basically... There were... You know, just as there are actually 16 lives of Garfield, there's actually five stooges. Six, actually. Uh, well, six. Well, wait a second here. You're just making shit up now. No, 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 no. <laughs> hear me out, hear me out, Mike. So Here's the thing. Stooges are mortal. Yes. <laughs> oh, and- oh shit! Did that was it like when when Mo killed the original Alfalfa? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Uh, Curly literally but, uh, had a stroke on on film, and they left it on. Oh, really? And uh, this is true. Yes. And there's actually okay. So like originally it was Mo, Larry, and Chimp. And then, like, Shimp, okay. I think, went on to do other work or took a break or something like that, or there was a falling out or something. Then it was Mo, Larry, and Curly. And then Curly died. So Shrimp, Shimp came back. And then Shimp died. And so they got Joe Besser, who had it in his contract, you don't get to hit me. And and so, like, you'd get, you'd, you'd get the guy who's basically acting like a putz, but Mo doesn't slap him like usual, and apparently Mo was actually very cross with Joe Besser about that. He <laughs> was just kind of like the guy, a like he didn't get the con- he didn't get the group dynamic. He was a prima donna. <laughs> Wouldn't let me slap him. <laughs> and uh, and then eventually in the uh, like in the sixties and seventies during the 
the sad twilight years of the Stooges, they got another Curly who looked vaguely like the original Curly called Curly Joe Dorita. Um, okay. So basically being the third Stooge is like being the drummer in, in um, uh, Spinal Tap. Yes. <laughs> wow. Um, I am I am privileged to know the Stooge deep lore now. Because... Although, like, dis- despite his propensity for slapping, apparently Mo was actually like the 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 anchor for the Stooges in real life because like Larry was like a notorious gambler and like so Mo at one point was like, "Look, I'm gonna be your financier. I'm gonna handle your money so you don't end up in the poorhouse again." and and apparently he also threw some very lovely family barbecues. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he enjoyed making hooked rugs. Well. I learned that from the Stooges NES game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this, I, I did not realize, in fact, there were six six stooges <laughs> i just and and, and, to, and to his credit joe besser always was like yeah i was a crummy stooge i'll admit it <laughs> <laughs> man um i you know what i mean i i i used to think man there are too many marx brothers but now i mean they pale in comparison to how many stooges there were yeah Jeez i mean like niece. and like gummo was never on screen like he was never in a film the fifth Marx well he brother. was in that film gummo no, he wasn't. Then, well, yeah, wasn't he? No, he Gummo. wasn't in. Like, he wasn't in the Harmony Korean movie Gummo. Why they call it? Well, why did they call it Gummo then? Because <laughs> Harmony Korean's a stupid hack. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I had to sit. I don't know. Have you I seen had, Trash Humpers? <laughs> I, I had. I fucking had to sit through Beach Bum with uh <laughs> with uh what's his name uh Matthew McConaughey. Like last year, that shit was that shit sucked. That was painful. <laughs> Sorry, I've not it's seen good. it. It's it's terrible. It's it's a Harmony Kareen film. It's basically a Harmony about, Kareen joint. It's basically about Harmony Kareen, the usual Harmony Kareen oeuvre of people being horrible shits to themselves and one another, and just making life miserable for the viewing audience. Oh, that sounds that sounds like a downer. Yeah. And like it tries to be funny, but it's just like it's like it's like you get an awkward laugh occasionally, but that's it. Oh hey wait. Not gonna name names, but I know some people for whom that's their jam. So well, you know, different strokes. At the very well, like, the only good thing you can say about it is that Matthew McConaughey plays a wastoid burnout like author very well. Well, you know, gotta play to your strengths. Hey, I just really remembered something about the exterminators. What's that? I I did not particularly like this this one when I was a kid, um, be, because it has a very weird ending where the old lady bores the mouse, and I didn't. Yeah, I, they throw they literally throw the mouse down her throat, and she goes, "Hey, that was good." It's like I didn't mind her eating the mouse. Like I was like, "That's fine," but that mouse was alive. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was dead up. at that point. And it was like, and yeah, then the mouse also, I was like, doesn't hey, react to hey, anything. Hardcore only. Yeah, it's that's. I would say that's what it is because at that point, the mouse has been hanging limp, reacting to nothing, and being used as a blunt instrument as they hit each other with it. So. So, no, it's just a molested corpse. Rest assured. Again, there's an awful lot of death in this. uh, um, Because it was like, not like a, it was drawn like a funny cartoon. Garfield was the mouse! What? Garfield is. That's how this is. Oh my god! Holy shit! (laughs) Garfield. Is that now? Garfield is Phil. Garfield has been on both sides of the four equation. (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. That. That. You just just cracked the code. You just solved the the riddle of the Sphinx. (laughs) (laughs) I undid Cobble's Knot and now I get free pizza for a year. (laughs) That's 
It's amazing. I can't believe the answer is like right in front of us the whole time. Ariel was the mouse. Oh my god. Shyamalan twist. No, no wonder modern day Garfield doesn't eat, eat mice. It, it, that's true. It does explain <laughs> so much. Wow. Wow. Whoa. So, uh, segment four in the, uh, in the animated special is, honestly, it's probably one of my favorites. Uh, it's, what's it, uh, what's the exact title for it? Like, Which one is this? Segment four? Segment is, f- oh, it's the court musician? Court musician. Court musician. Yeah. yeah. Where, uh, let me, let me bring up the Wikipedia page for this real quick. Yeah. Court musician. I'm going to say the first thing, this is my favorite style of the, uh, of the various uh, episodes. <sighs> I would, this one is not included in the book and it shows because it really looks like it was laid out for animation first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's... The style is very cool. It reminds me a lot of those kind of HBO fairy tales for every kid. Uh, specials they had in the nineties. Yeah, it's a the guy who did the like I think the guy who directed it or did the stuff for it is named Bob Scott. Like he got his start like doing model designs for Muppet Babies, hmm. and he was an assistant animator on An American Tale and hmm. like some other Garfield specials, but um, including Babes and Bullets as a story art, an uncredited story artist. But um, he also was a, an uncredited animator for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, like the opening animation. Oh yeah, mm. he it was. He was a, looks similar. He was an animator for Fern Gully, uh, the Page Master, uh, oh. personal favorite of mine. Uh, he was a character designer for uh, a Goofy movie, and like <laughs> he's and he like his most recent work was as an animator for Cars 2 and Mater's Tall Ooh. Tales. Wow. Got quite a uh, oeuvre. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask, does he have anything to do with Ned's Newt? Because that's what this really reminds me of. Yeah, uh, let me look. Uh, let me see, because yeah, like, I didn't watch Ned's Newt back in the day, but I've seen it in like, like I love to watch compilations of 80s and 90s cartoon openings and just feel nostalgia. Yeah, Ned's Newt is wild. Yeah. It could have been a lot wilder because they wanted to have the Newt to speak in literal audio needle drops. So he would actually say things like in the voice of John Wayne or whatever, but instead they kind of, they had to kind of tone him down into a, you know, a Robin Williams as the genie knockoff, but it was still funny. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, what's it? Um, no, no, apparently nothing on Ned or hold on. We look on director or art department. Uh, oh, well, okay. Apparently, his he was a storyboard artist for Ralph Breaks the Internet, and that was mm. pretty decent. Hmm. I mean, so it was wasn't looks as, like he's part of the Disney family now. Disney Pixar family, yep. Yeah, and uh, and uh, he was a uh, he was it. Oh, he was in a ninth, same year as Garfield as Nine Lives. He was a uh, in a Garfield TV documentary called Happy Birthday Garfield as himself. Ah, yeah, that's the one where they preview the animated Garfield feature film that never got made. Oh. What? It would be great if that could. Yeah, you remember, Mike, we, uh, I, I showed you the book based on... Oh, that's they, right! They the, never ended up making talk. the movie, but yeah. The one where Garfield is like, God damn it, John, listen to me for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, a Court Musician is basically... It's about um, Garfield being a very cool looking sort of blue curly whiskered cat uh, who is the voice who is the pet of George Friedrich Handel or Freddie Freddie <laughs> who is a court musician for him for George the first King George the first and who is apparently the bane of the existence of the court jester yeah, I, was, yeah. I didn't understand that the jester absolutely hates him, and I think I missed why. I think it's probably because, like, the court jester probably feels upstaged as the court entertainer. I I do I do love how the the jester's just an asshole 
no reason at all. He just really <laughs> hates uh, Hendel. Yeah. Um, he reminds me a lot of Roy the Rooster. I yes. was actually thinking that too. Um, his design is very similar, and he's kind of got the same attitude. Um, yeah. A lot of little cool little flourishes in this, especially. I really like the part where because he is he keeps talking about um, Hendel getting deheaded um, for failing to have a good concerto. So when he eats the apple, I just really like the um, you know little animation of his teeth going down like a guillotine. Yes. <laughs> And just, uh, and but like the, like the, so basically what happens is like Freddy uh, gets, um, he writes the first two movements of the concerto and he gets his cat to write the third movement. And the first two kind of, you know, they're duds, like they sound like typical Baroque music. But then the part that the, the cat wrote is like super upbeat kind of a jazz jam it's like it's, really it's really blues blues you know, because garfield cartoons as we pointed out before they have a lot more blues to them than i ever thought thought there would be when reading garfield strips yeah it seems inappropriate to me but you know it's 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 already a thing it's been a thing for 40 years now like i don't know there's something about 80s and 90s cartoons mixing blues and jazz like like, I don't know, like, Hey Arnold was another cartoon that was had a very mellow, sort of jazz, blues soundtrack to it. Yeah. Well, I, I first encountered Arnold through Claymation special, the, well, the clay animated things that Craig Bartlett did himself, so I associate it with the sound of a fifth grade orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think Hey Arnold was one of the, I think Peanuts was the was the cartoon that sort of revolution or started getting kid actors to voice kids. Hey Arnold was like one of the first cartoons that actually got good kid actors mm -hmm. to voice the kids. Now it is, it is to adventure times credit that Finn sounded as good as he did. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm still kind of floored by just the existence of Van Orman because, like, Flapjack from the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack sounds like a kid, but it's no, it's this big, hairy, bearded animator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, I like Andy Milanakis. He's, he's got the gift. Yeah, and, like, he also, uh, Thurrup Van Orman also voiced a little Gideon on uh, Gravity Falls. Mm. Like this little albino kid preacher who has, who's like a sociopath. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's it's great. Gravity Falls is great, but yeah. Argument there. Okay. Good. Speaking of great cartoons that are no longer with us, Stunt Cat. That I guess they were like, look, we got an extra twenty seconds. We really minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. This is, uh, it's basically, um, uh, this is an interesting one because it's, it's crazy cat, you know, it's like drawn like crazy cat and Ignat's mouse is going to drop a ton of bricks on crazy cat, but then they cut and they're like, stunt cat. And Garfield walks in instead and they drop the bricks on him. And, um, you know, this, it's, 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 it's not a parody either. It's literally uh, crazy cat and Ignat. Yeah. And, um, uh. And like the the officer dog is the cameraman. Oh, that's right. Officer oh. pup is in it too. A peculiar touch, but um, no, I mean, I felt like I don't think they could have squeezed any of the ones from the book into that time. So, yeah, yeah, I I thought, thought it was a little weird just because again, um, I was I feel like it's in the wrong spot in the special because it's like oh, it's like 1920s film. Shouldn't this be you know? Before, um, you know, earlier, yeah, <laughs> I've completely forgotten the order of the segments. Um, actually, I think it's about in the right place because the next ones that come after this are Diana's Piano, which comes uh, several, which co covers several decades, mm -hmm. and Lab Animal, which is more or less in the today, today, and so is Garfield, and then there's Space Cat. So yeah, oh. it's, it was about in the right place. Okay, you know, yeah, you're right because I just. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That I, that that works. And uh, segment five in uh, in uh, the book is also segment seven in the special. So we'll, we'll I guess we'll cover those down the line together. Yes. Uh, yes. However, we did 
However, that means the next one to cover in the book is Primal Self. Oh, mm. shit. Okay, this the is the one that goes viral every couple of years. Along with the Garfield I, Garfield in an abandoned house. Yes. Week. Yeah. And this, what happens in this, this story is that a, an orange cat named Tigger is having a peaceful day at home when he sees a he sees a shadow come out of his water bowl take the form of a nightmarish alien cat possess him and make him attack the old woman that li- that feeds and cares for him it, it began on a winter's day and like each each of the segments in the book and in the uh and in the cartoon is like garfield does a little intro for them and for the intro to Primal Self, it's just him hiding under his blanket going, there are some forces within a cat that should never be toyed with. I discovered them in my seventh life. Read on, if you dare. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I gotta say, like Primal Self is extremely fucked up. Uh, yeah. Um, like, I, when I, yeah, as a kid, I could not read this one. Um I mean, like, first of all, it's very disturbing. And secondly, it's like, Garfield just murdered an old lady. Like this old lady looking at this picture from her granddaughter or grandson of, like... Wait, again, who dies in this? Oh, my God! Gar- Garfield was the old lady! Oh, my God! Wow! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Like, I, guess, I guess the lesson learned that Garfield learned was just, I guess, don't own a cat while also living on a ley line between your <laughs> world and the spirit world. Wait, wait. I just realized something. I'm sorry. I know we discussed that Garfield is the mouse in the Exterminators. Uh-huh. Did, did you mention Garfield is the pharaoh in King Cat? Oh, yeah! Cause, you're right! Because <laughs> Garfield... Yeah, going through these and looking at who dies, you have a very different different idea of Garfield's various lives, but nobody dies in the Vikings, and one of them is clearly Garfield anyway. So, that, I don't know about that mm, one. That one's hard. Yeah, that's a hard one to place. And um, But that means that Garfield wasn't Sam Spade. He was Father O'Tabby. Oh, whoa. Yeah, that's right. And wait a second. Ugh, Court mu- Musician doesn't have any deaths in it either, does it? No. Hmm. I mean, hmm. Garfield, Garfield was the apple. The apple that got cut in half. Oh no! In that in that one, Garfield was the uh, was the fad for Baroque music that died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was the a... day that Garfield died. And we were singing. Oh uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was a concept once. I don't know how that. <laughs> God, primal self is, but yeah, um, wow. So Garfield, Garfield has been so, yeah. It's like it, it's, he's been a mouse. He's been a an old lady. He's been he's been a pharaoh. He's been an anthropomorphic cat. Wow. Oh, it really makes you think. Um, has anyone ever mentioned this before? Are we the first people to figure that, to to figure this out? Who else would think of this? Honestly. Wow. That's us, man. We're rock. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Weird. One of us is probably Garfield's ninth life after all. Oh. From, well, I mean, you mean like his 18th. It depends which one of us dies on uh, on this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm big, fat and hairy and I'm and I hate spiders. <laughs> I too am big, fat, and hairy, and I I love spiders. But so I guess it's probably you. No, I must be. I guess I'm Odie. Can we can we keep can we just keep this episode going forever then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're probably gonna have to break this one in half, like with uh, Dilbert. Oh yeah, I'm but... sure we'll have to do. Yeah, yeah. Because how long we've been only we've been talking almost two hours, and we're at, like life number four. <laughs> no, we're pretty close to the end now. Now there's only three more to talk about. Okay, but wait. So, but, so pro- but the next one is one that's going to take a little time. It's it's Diana's piano. This is 
This is a sad one. Oh, this one's so sad. I, um, I rewatching it, I legit cried. Yes. Yeah, I, I teared up a little bit at this one. I mean, the thing about this one is that it's not tragic. It's just too real. Yeah. It's. I mean, we've seen Garfield dying a couple of times every already, but it was always a cartoony kind of thing. Oh, a big block brick fell on him, that kind of thing. But Diana, the cat in this story, she's not anthropomorphized at all. You can't hear her thoughts. She's she is a pet, and this is very, very a very detailed description of what it's like to have a pet who's been with you all life and then lose them, and that's what makes it such a painful thing to watch. Yeah, yeah it's it's something else, and I it's mean, it's animated absolutely beautifully. It's an unusual style of animation. It's kind of it it fades from shot to shot, kind of like reading rainbow almost. Mm-hmm. And it's like done in like colored pencil. Yeah. Yes, and the the character designs are all by Chris Sanders, better known today as the creator of Lilo and Stitch and How to Train Your Dragon. Oh wow. Oh neat. Yeah, so that is the so I guess you'd say that apart from Jim Davis, he's the most successful person to come out of this special. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you remember when Jim, You remember when Chris Sanders had the that like web comic about the cat with the eye patch that loved coffee? <laughs> I didn't see that one, no. No, it was like a little like it was it was it was cute. It was it was nice. Like there was a one point where, the, the like the cat, it's like a wisecracking cat and just loves coffee and whatever. And uh, at one point, he gets almost gets adopted <laughs> into this, almost gets adopted into this uh, like family of people that are very clearly vampires. <laughs> but uh, and then, uh, but then like like the thing like he's gonna just freely abandon his friends and family for this posh rich lifestyle. But then it's like. Coffee? Oh no, we only drink tea. It's like, get me the hell out of here! <laughs> and it's like, but coffee, tea has more caffeine. Don't try to assuage me with your lies. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, so yeah, Garfield comes out and does his little introduction and he says, this is the life where I fell in love with music. And it's like, we literally just saw you invent a new... F- Two lies ago. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, also, maybe he hmm? didn't. Well, uh, maybe he didn't actually love his music back in the fourth life. Maybe he was just phoning he it just in, splatted random paw prints, and was like, "Here, it's jazz." That's play. true. Well, you know, he maybe he was like freeform back then. Well, here is because he had to. Um, you know, he was he he didn't learn to love it. It was he was forced upon him by that jester, and that's why he's like, I just they didn't want to do it because it'd be too many contracts and agents, just a big lot of work. And this one, he's like, Oh, wait a minute, I like listening to music. I don't like making it. You know, it's good when you just can let someone else do the work. And um, the, he considers like, and Garfield considers Diana's piano to be his luckiest life. Yeah. Um. Mm. This is considering that there was another life where he didn't actually die. Which one was that one? The oh, garden. Uh, the garden. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because he just went on well, living forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um. This is also. Uh. This is the only story in the uh, collection where Garfield. Um. Is is a girl. Garfield has. Yeah. Is uh, reincarnated as a, as a woman in this one. Um. So yeah. And, uh, oh, actually, I wonder if that's. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's some sort of Kinsey scale to that about how how likely are you to be reborn as a different sex than you are now, and you know if you're on a certain level of gender fluidity, your reincarnation could be any could be any or either sex. But uh, Garfield is mostly male, and we're just seeing his feminine side this one time. That would make sense, unless we also count the old lady in the other one. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you heard it here. Garfield says trans rights. Um, yep. Yep. Actually, though, though Garfield thinks trans rights. He never says that's anything. true. Did you know though? Garfield is canonically has no gender at all. Interesting. What? Who says this? Jim Davis. Oh, okay. this was an actual. Um, this was a thing where it happened about maybe it'll be about a year ago. It was um, uh, basically there. There, uh, someone. Uh, I think it was. Um, Dug, dug up an old Jim uh, Jim Davis interview 
uh, where Jim Davis was saying Garfield is just like, you know, he's like anyone. He's like the everyman. He does all the things that we want to do, the things that we hate. Garfield isn't young or old. He's not black or white. He's not a man or a woman. You know, he's going on like that, right? And so this person yeah. posted like, this is canon. Garfield has no gender. And... The, and and people got so fucking mad about it. It was it literally was like um, I think like uh, this person who just said this was like yeah about like eight different conservative newspapers called him up to uh, you know to like yell at him about it and um, it was uh, it was a big thing and apparently eventually uh, Jim Davis was forced to uh, come out and say uh, Garfield Garfield is male because he got so many angry letters about this. Yeah. Although, it, well, I mean, it didn't say Garfield isn't male or female, did it? It said he isn't a man or a woman. Um, right. Is Garfield a man? Well, I Garfield guess he's not human, so. Well, you know what? I have to reread this incident because it's it's been a little while, so I forget the exact phrasing. Maybe I should look it up. Garfield has no gender. Let me see. Just honestly, what a, what a sad thing to force Jim Davis, who has done everything in his power to remain, like, to keep his private life private and detached from his creations for the most part. Okay. Like, yeah. But then, then Mike Pence happened and so, could put the genie back in the bottle. So here's the thing. Apparently what he actually said was dealing with eating and sleeping and being a cat. Garfield is very universal by virtue of being a cat. Really? He's not really male or female or any particular race or nationality, young or old. And uh, the second hit for this is they actually the controversy about Garfield's gender uh, is a Washington there's a Washington Post article detailing it and apparently there was also a Wikipedia war where uh, Garfield's gender was changed 20 times in an hour <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes me now they were complaining about the gender but he also said that Garfield was no race so we should have gotten a whole bunch of people to have angry letters demanding that they clarify that Garfield is white. You know what? I'm surprised they didn't get that, honestly. <laughs> Garfield. We're going to start another controversy. <laughs> like, people are going to be like, was, tell us Garfield's Gar white. Garfield. He's, he's How many of the rest of you are proud members of the Aryan race? <laughs> like, but it, like people are like, uh, but doesn't he have the singing voice of Lou Rawls? It's like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Shut up. <laughs> Is he singing? But, uh, Is it him singing? Or I thought it was like a, a song coming on in the background, like in Toy Story. Well, I mean, he, I like, he was a, like the, if there's one thing I'm not, I'm a, it's a scaredy cat. That was Lou Rawls singing. And that was very clearly a POV. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, well, Gar Garfield technically never sings; he only thinks, so he can think in any voice he wants. Uh, That's true. Uh, wow. Something else about Diana's piano, like apparently, like while well, Chris Sanders animated on it, the guy who directed it was um, a guy named Doug Frankel. And looking him up, like he like uh, like Bob Scott has done a lot of stuff for Disney and Pixar and stuff. And, uh, but something interesting about him, he was the main animator for Scar in the Lion King for governor Ratcliffe in Pocahontas and for Quasimodo in Disney's hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. And he was also an animator for the Rhapsody in blue segment in Fantasia 2000. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, and he. Uh, I mean, you named a bunch of things that I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh Fantasia 2000, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, and he, and he. Uh, my my uh, predilections when it comes to Disney stuff. <laughs> Honest to God, like I don't know, like I've come to appreciate the the Hunchback of Notre Dame a lot more in recent years, just because like like Lindsay Ellis's video kind of kickstarted it a bit, but it's like it's just a genuinely, for the most part, really good movie. But uh, but uh, his most recent uh, job, I think, was as an animator for Incredibles 2. Mm. Oh, boy, that was a disappointment. But I don't blame him. Eh, I thought it was all right, but it... it... I, bear I don't remember anything that happened compared to the what happened in the short before it before in Bow. I could tell you every, every note for note in Bow. Yeah, yeah, Bow was definitely... Like, I think... I think the reason why I liked Incredibles 2 as much as I did is because it wasn't as it wasn't beating you over the head with 
like Ayn Rand stuff quite as much as the original was. But it also made it much more clear that the that it was taking place in the sixties, whereas the other one seemed like a kind of an any time. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> anyway, Garfield. <laughs> we're we're trying to avoid talking about the uh, sad cat story. <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah.